0: our partners. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or
1: Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call,
0: 989-720-4380.
2: you'll do better with Sheridan.
0: Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Siawassee and M21 in Corona.
3: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 193 of the Three Point Podcast. Well, the game it's all teed up it's ohio state at michigan high noon on saturday for a trip to indy msu they were embarrassed in columbus and the lions threw for a sparkling 77 yards against the browns our championship team includes advanced elevator the als association jj's excavating and tree services kendall drugs rivals tap house and grill nelson house funeral homes in Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5, The Castle. Well, let's get into a little bit of a catch-up. I know, Jared, you got a busy, busy week with the high school playoffs. Four games on Friday, four games on Saturday, and you're already starting your uh, preparation for that, right?
2: Oh, it's it's what I would categorize. Is, it, it's You know, I love doing it. I'm excited. I can't wait for the state finals. A lot of great games, more than I think there has been in a in, a lot of years past, but it's considered basically hell week here. You know, normally we do one of these games a week. This week we're doing eight, so it's all hands on deck. It's funny you you said hell week. That's
1: exactly what I was thinking. Like comparing it to, you know, different work weeks or two a days in high school football or whatever. Yeah, like hell week. But but right, like you said, it's it's a ton of work, but it's the payoff in the end. I mean, it's the state state championship games. You know, it used to be at the Silverdome, obviously now at Ford Field. And all I ever think about when it comes to this time of year. Is I know states do things differently. It's not it's not the same for every state, but for us, you know, in Michigan, it's something about obviously the Lions on Thanksgiving, and then the state championship high school football games on Friday and Saturday. It's just it's that whole high school football feel to Thanksgiving weekend. It's just so cool. I remember as a kid turning on Fox Sports Detroit or you know whatever channel it was on at the time, and it's just so cool to see the high school state title
3: game. Oh, it really is. And then you throw in the Michigan-Ohio State game to boot. I mean, it's one of the great football weekends of the entire year, without a doubt.
2: Yeah. I mean, all you need to know about Michigan and what this weekend means to us and Michigan football in general and everything like that is, you know, it draws a lot of viewers. It really does. You know, it's comparable to really a pro game. Uh, with the amount of viewers that it draws, so that's all you need to know about how much people love Michigan football here.
3: You know, we're going to get into a little Michigan Ohio State stuff and college football in general here in just a minute. But uh, you know, we talked about you doing the four games down there Friday, the four games Saturday, and I know you're working on probably some of the video uh, highlight things, right? For that they'll put on during each game.
2: Yep, that's that's exactly what we're doing. You know, a lot of flashback. Uh, you know, when was the team last time at Ford Field? How did they get here? You know, you guys know the basics. I mean, you've seen so many of these broadcasts. I mean, they do a great job every year. I'm just glad that this year I can actually be a part of it and maybe, you know, make some changes or just put my own uh, handprint on some of it.
1: No, that, that is what's cool about this stuff. I mean, yeah, there, there's always – Ted, you've been calling high school football games for 30 years, 30-plus 30 years. So you always have, like, your go-to nuggets, you know, for each game. Yeah, like you said, Jared, last time the team was in a state title game or – kind of win streak they're on or you know stats for the coach you know you have your like standard stuff but like you kind of said jared you're kind of bringing a different mindset or a different viewpoint so that's what's cool about when different people are thrown into the mix whether it's producers editors pas you know whatever they maybe have different ideas so that's what's cool you might bring something that a producer's like yeah we we never thought about doing that let's do it so and that's what makes these broadcasts really cool because if you're sitting there on friday night you know, you're full of leftover turkey sandwiches or whatever, and you're watching some random Division six high school football state title game, two schools you've never heard of, you might see a bunch of really cool old video or some cool nuggets, maybe some stats or some former players that you knew. So, I don't know. Yeah, like maybe maybe it's just because we're such big
2: high school football fans, but it is right. a really cool thing to see. It is. And, and let me just throw, I'll throw out some teasers, you know, some of the big games this weekend that, you know, if I'm you guys and you maybe don't plan on watching every game, these are the ones I would circle 100% on your schedule. You know, the Division Two championship game, Warren D. LaSalle, Dan Rohn, was that uh, Grand Rapids-West Catholic, he won, you know, what, four or five state titles with them. Legendary coach goes to Warren D.L. after retiring for a couple of years. No surprise, they're already back at Ford Field. That's going to be a great game against Traverse City Central. Traverse City Central's quarterback, Notre Dame, commit quarterback and starting middle linebacker. He's going to Notre Dame to play linebacker. Kid's an absolute stud, Josh Burnham. Uh, so that's going to be a great one. And then the other one I'm circling is the Division Three state final, which people have been hyping since the season started. DeWitt and Ty Holtz and Tommy McIntosh, two legit players going against Martin Luther King and Dante Moore, the best player in the state. I mean, just get your popcorn ready for that one. What more do you need to know?
3: Yeah, and that's Saturday night, that's the finale, right? That's game yep. eight of eight.
2: Yep, wraps up the entire season, and it's, it, let me just tell you, it's maybe the most anticipated game that I remember in probably the last five, six, seven, eight years. I mean, so much talent, the, the tradition of both programs, kind of the difference between both programs it's just everything about that game how do you not just set your schedule for it now
3: you know and you're 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 on top of all the big timers i mean rochester adams against belleville in division one i think adams aren't they still coached by tony petrino who was he was he's good friends with tony anise i know they were high school you know buddies when they when they coached at montrose and and other schools yeah
2: story behind that is actually uh, Petrito and Phil and East went to Alma together and played ah. college football together at Alma. That's it. And both their wives are sisters.
3: Oh, wow.
1: Now,
2: Phil and actually is usually in the booth. He probably will be in the booth at Ford Field, you know, helping them call that game or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, he's triple option through and through. I call him Tony triple option Petrito. <laughs> it's a treat. To absolutely, <laughs> You're right. That's probably the third game I would definitely hype up is Rochester Adams against Belleville. Yeah. wait. To- most talent in the state. Rochester Adams has a stud quarterback going to Alabama to play baseball and just they run the triple option to perfection. Gotta love it.
3: Man, I'm waving my hands down. I'm not worthy, Jared. You got the facts, you got the stats, you're throwing them out, and thanks for correcting me. Thanks (laughs) for correcting me there.
2: (laughs) <laughs> this all year, man. I mean, I got to be at least this year.
3: It's incredible. And the final thing I want, you know, the game I'm kind of looking forward to also is, you know, Little Division 7 powerhouse, Pawama, Westphalia, and Lawton. Uh, that two thirteen and 0 team's going at it.
2: Yeah, you. that's probably one game I'd say you probably know more than I do, but I mean, Pawama, Westphalia, what a program. Yep. Lawton, I don't know much about them. I know they're out in the Grand Rapids area. Uh, but that's going to be a you know a classic David versus Goliath type story where I don't think anyone expects Paloma, West Valley to lose, uh, but if they do, it'll be an all-time story.
3: All right. Well, be, before we get to uh, you know a little football talk, Thanksgiving's coming up, fellas.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you, we have to do the thing that every <laughs> local news station, every radio station, they always do around this time of the year. You know, you always see the rankings of best Thanksgiving side dishes. What are you looking forward to on Thanksgiving? best thanksgiving desserts all that kind of stuff so we do it every year and we always throw out some different stuff i think we're probably getting to know each other's favorites or you know most disliked dishes i know ted your favorite is green bean casserole yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean what are you looking forward to my wife has been like stocking up the last three or four weeks like buying a few things here and there so you know this week we weren't having to buy everything and it's almost been like a tease because i'm like for the last three or four weeks, I'm thinking about, ooh, we've got this to look forward to, this to look forward to. And the biggest thing to me, I don't know what it is when people ask, the first thing I go to is cheesy potatoes. Mm. I
2: think cheesy potatoes is my favorite. Matt, we don't even have that at our Thanksgiving. No. So that's the thing that I hate. Like, I'm like more of this new school Thanksgiving where, yeah, let's get the mac and cheese. Let's get the cheesy potatoes. Let's get all the stuff that is very good, but maybe in Ted's day wasn't on the Thanksgiving Day menu our family is still in the stone age of that sort of thing where <laughs> cheesy potatoes, they're not even a menu option, so I'm very jealous of you. We,
3: we have, we have upgraded year. it. We have upgraded to uh, corn casserole. That never used to be on the menu.
2: <laughs> that's the one thing that's broken through. <laughs> but I, I forget
1: I, because all these, are, these holidays are running together. Are the buttered noodles your guys' Thanksgiving or is that a Christmas
3: thing? I believe it's both. It's both, because I, I believe my, my sister has been hosting it, and she'll go get Frankenmuth buttered noodles, which are as good as any out there. Uh, and I just, I'll just i just jump in real quick. My go-tos, and I know you guys aren't on board with it, but I'm real happy with mashed potatoes and gravy, turkey, the noodles, and dressing. That's all I need.
2: <laughs> okay, first off, don't call it dressing. You're a weirdo. You're stuffing, dressing. okay, you know, stuffing. Correct You're a psychopath if you call stuffing dressing. Nobody knows what you're talking about. I think you're talking about ranch dressing. All of the real name, which is stuffing. All right. Um, which, which I will say, that's my 100% go-to. I don't care if it's stovetop. I don't care if it's homemade. It's so good every single time. Throw gravy on it if you're feeling spicy. That's 100% my go-to is stuffing. Uh, but like I said, Ted, you can you can vouch for this this year uh, as well as in your staff. There will not be a single thing of turkey on my plate. It is a waste of hunger to be eating plain turkey, that the only reason it's any good anyway is because you douse it in 10 pounds of gravy. I might as well just save my hunger.
3: Yeah, we disagree on that one.
2: It is funny, kind of along those lines. I mean,
1: I'm I'm not as extreme as you, Jared. I will eat a little bit of turkey on Thursday, but it's definitely one of those things like it's like a once or twice a year type of thing, kind of the same with stuffing or even green bean casserole. I know you don't like it, Ted, but I I do enjoy it. There's so many of these things on Thanksgiving, Christmas, other holidays that, like, you look forward to so much. It's just like, oh, man, these are so amazing. But then when you think about it, we have stuffing, like, once a year. Green bean casserole. I mean, this is the only time of the year we make it. It's just funny to think about that. On Thanksgiving, you load yourself up with all these dishes, these side dishes, and it's, like, the only time of the year you make it. But we're all looking forward to it, right?
3: Yeah, one Uh, final question. Where do you guys stand on cranberries? I'm with Uh, (laughs) you. I'm with you.
2: I'll – bring it back real quick Matt. Matt, i'm telling you man it's you sound like you're in the same boat as me where you just throw turkey on the plate because like it's tradition or whatever (laughs) it's so freeing when you finally decide (laughs) i'm not going to try to impress people i'm not going to be a traditionalist i'm going to do what makes me happy and that is eating the best of the best food that's presented and as soon as you do that you're going to enjoy your thanksgiving much much more and you're going to appreciate the extra plate space you now have because you decided to leave that off of it.
3: <laughs> Good it's stuff.
2: True. It's true, but, but when your wife buys a 12-pound turkey, uh, you feel
1: like you have to eat a little bit.
3: <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it's one-time year. One one time, eat some turkey, man, eat some turkey. Jared, I'll have your piece, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah, don't shame me. Like, and it says, says, It's like you have a paparazzi at Thanksgiving. Uh, every year, he like, makes a point to whatever, because like, I, I do eat a lot. You know, I've always admitted that I'm a big eater. One of the problems I have is whenever I have like a cheat day or something, I eat like a whole pizza. You know, I have no <laughs> control. But Ted makes sure to point out my plate every single year. I fill it up and make sure everybody gets a good laugh out of it every year. Yeah, so, be on your best behavior. A, of it a couple times.
3: <laughs> well, all right. Well, I'll, I'll definitely be watching that plateful for sure. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move on to uh, some uh, college football right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesney, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234 jj's excavating and tree services can help you with many homeowner items including skid steer work footings and gravel work along with property maintenance jj's excavating and tree service also experts in tree removals including stump grinding fully insured no job too big or too small call kyle jones of jj's at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him three point podcast sent you
2: what in God's greener did we watch on Saturday? I mean, we, we were all a little bit skeptical of Mel Tucker and everything that Michigan State had kind of built this year. But listen, Ohio State's good. They're not flipping God's, you know. I mean, what they just had no fight. The game was over as soon as it started. Kenneth Walker only had six carries. Uh, the secondary just getting roasted by the, uh, the earth, wind, and fire duo. I mean, how do you, if you're a state fan, uh, let's throw our state fan hats on for a second. Are you not, like, very extremely disappointed with the way that game went? I mean, obviously you are, but, like, it just, it just looked like the team just had, like, no fight. Like, it almost looked like they thought they were a lot better than they actually were, and they, didn't, they came in so, like, unprepared. It was just, like, it's just embarrassing, really no other way to put it.
1: To be honest, to, to me, I, I'm with you. But to me, it, while I was like kind of chuckling and laughing as Ohio State was just running up and down the field, making Michigan State look like a JB team, it made me think of 2018 when Michigan went into, you know, Ohio State riding high, win, and they're in the Big Ten Championship, and then Ohio State just blew them off the field. It kind of made me feel like that, like, you know, you're feeling yourself, you're puffing your chest out a little bit, and then Ohio State brings you right back down to earth. So, like, while I was laughing, I was like, "Eh," as a Michigan fan, we've been there. So, you know, we kind of understood it. But it was was the perfect recipe. I mean, Ryan Day, like, we we laughed about the whole Mel Tucker contract thing, giving him Ryan Day money. And Ryan Day showed why he gets paid the money that he does because they saw Michigan State has literally, statistically, the worst pass defense in the country. And Ohio State said, okay, cool, we're going to exploit that. And they did. And it just kind of also makes you think, I really wish Michigan would have had the same formula because they probably could have, I mean, you know, who knows what would have happened, but if they would have attacked the Michigan state the same way, maybe they could have won that game. But, you know, it, it was just crazy. And it, to me, I don't know what you guys think. I don't necessarily, like some people were saying, like, look at what Ohio state did to Michigan state, Michigan state beat Michigan. So that means Michigan has no shit, no shot in the game. I don't really see it that way. I just think it's like two different games, two different mindsets, two different game plans. Yeah, Ohio State looked really good, but it had no bearing on
2: what I think Michigan's chances are this Saturday. I think it does, Matt. But here's, I guess, the good thing about it is because Michigan State lost the way they did, it's kind of like people are expecting Michigan to lose the same way. So it's kind of like everything is gravy at this point. You know, if we even keep it close, like we're going to be getting kudos from everybody, uh, which is more than we could we've been able to say like in years past. So it was eye-opening. It was definitely scary, but it was also kind of relieving. To see, you know, a team kind of go through a we seemingly go through every single year against Ohio State, which is just an absolute embarrassment. So I do, I do see where you're coming from. I think Michigan is an entirely like differently built defense than Michigan State, and their offense is a little bit better built to maybe go up against Ohio State. But I'm not even worried about that at this point. The way I look at it, heading into this game, is I'm expecting us to get blown out. But if it's close to halftime. Then I give us all permission to get our hopes up and start thinking, hey, we got a legit chance at this. But going into this game, I don't know how, if you're an unbiased person, how do you not think Michigan's going to get blown out? I mean, honestly.
3: Let's go to uh, our friends in Vegas. I mean, I think, what is the point spread? Like seven points? They know something.
2: That was a good sign. I I was very curious to see what that opening line was. If it was 14, 15, you know, something around two scores, I was going to say, like, okay, they see what's about to happen here. The fact that they are giving Michigan credit and they're thinking, hey, that we might be able to keep it close. I mean, you said it best. They know better than we do. So that is another thing that's kind of a little wrinkle in our hat that, hey, they saw the Michigan State blowout coming. They don't see that happening with Michigan. So that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, I'm really tempted to put money on Ohio State to win and cover that spread. And if I lose my bet, (laughs) hallelujah. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna play that card, huh? <laughs> Put your money. So, so like, you win either way.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, right. If if you lose that money, well, that means Michigan won. For sure. You know, if Iowa State wins, well, you make a little bit of money. I I get that. It's kind of kind of the smart play. But I mean, I, I honestly, and it's not the not the fan in me coming out. I truly think Michigan has a legitimate shot to win this game. And I mean, I feel like I feel like it's gonna be more like 2016 where, you know, the whole triple overtime game and, you know, all that or double overtime game, I think it's going to be more like that game than the 2018 because, to me, and, you know, in my opinion, 2018, yeah, we were playing really well with Patterson and Chase Winovich on a defense, but, like, that team still felt like they weren't really, like, that dynamic. You know, they were winning some games, and, yeah, they went on a good run, but it didn't feel like they were, like, playing at the level that they could compete with Ohio State, and we obviously saw that was the case. This team, while I'm not saying like this team is one of the best teams in college football or their offense is like 2019 LSU or, you know, it's nothing like that. But this this team just has a different feel, and we've been saying it for a couple months, basically, you know, at, since the, the Michigan State loss that, I don't know, with guys like Cade McNamara, it seems like he's not scared of Ohio State. They're right. using, like they see bringing Donovan Edwards in and getting him involved in the offense. They're using the wide receivers a little more on, like, end-of-rounds and different kind of pass plays. You know, the defense with Aiden Hutchinson coming back, basically he came back to beat Ohio State. I don't know. I just feel like this team has a different vibe around it. They're playing really well. And, you know, we've talked about the rejuvenated Harbaugh, and he knows what this is all about. So, you know, will they win? You know, I don't know. But I think, like, they, everything is there set up for them. And it's at home. I think that helps a little bit. Everything is set up for them to win this game.
2: Yeah, the, the, you know, the other thing that's a big thing compared to the 2018 game, which people are always going to, to compare this to like all week, is this is a home game. Huge, yeah. huge difference compared to going to the horseshoe. I mean, it'd probably be a 14, 15-point spread if we were at Ohio State, honestly. Right. It's huge that this is a home game. So I'm gonna, you said it right. You know, something about this team, it just seems like they're tighter, more close-knit than they ever have been. It seems like Harbaugh is a little bit more like invested in the actual players and like their personalities and the guys in the locker room rather than just like the wins and the losses. Uh, So I think they have a better perspective than they have in years past heading into this game. I'm loving everything I'm seeing, but we felt this way so many times before. I mean, how do you like, it's like, I'm like an injured baby or (laughs) somebody that's been injured Like when I was a little kid. Uh, It's like, you always are holding on to like that fear. Like uh, you're never going to totally shed it until you completely break through, and we've never broken through really in my entire life. So, it, it, like, it, it, I love to think that this year is going to be different, but it's just impossible for me to go out on the limb and say Michigan is going to win when I've looked like a jackass like the last ten years thinking that
3: way. It's <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to do that. I agree with you. I mean. But can they win? You know, so many people are saying there's no way they can win. Look what Ohio State did to Michigan State. You know, of course they can win. I mean, it's a college football game. I mean, you know, look what Utah did to Oregon. Oregon beat Ohio State. Anything can happen. And, and, you know, even though this hasn't been the best rivalry, if you want to use that word, because of Ohio State's dominance, Michigan can win this game, especially the, the way that this team has made it to this point of the season. Now, the question I have for you guys is, can Michigan win in a shootout, or is this thing got to be like a 24-21 game?
2: Uh, here's the thing. We're not going to be able to – it has to be a shootout. We do, like our defense. We couldn't hold Michigan State to, you know, yeah. under 35 points. You think we're going to hold Ohio State under 35 points? So it, it's going to have to be – it's going to have to be our offense's best game by far this entire year, and our defense is going to have to – Similar to what Michigan State did against us. Maybe give up a lot of yards, but for holding the field goals and you know, try to just keep them right around maybe the 40-point mark and not the 50-point mark. I seriously think it's going to be like a, just like the 2006 game. 42-45, if Michigan is going to be in a close game, it's going to be 40s both ways. It's no way in hell are we holding this offense to – 30 or less mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm kind of thinking it might be the same type of thing
1: yeah, a little little bit of a shootout I do want, like there's two aspects that I think make this team or this game a little different than, than in years past the first thing is we all we all like Don Brown as defensive coordinator but we also know that Ohio State just exposed the hell out of him and his scheme I know Mike McDonald is in his first year as a dis- defensive coordinator but I think that's a good thing you know he's gonna scheme differently he comes from the NFL he will adjust. Right. Don Brown was, like, super stubborn sticking to his scheme. I feel like if Ohio State, you know, starts exposing a few things, they will adjust on defense. So I think that's a huge part of this game for Michigan. And the other thing is, too, is the quarterback that Michigan has, Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. Like, you think about previous years, like, Shea Patterson was the guy. Wilton Spate was the guy, even in 2017. John O'Corn I think having two guys might like throw a little wrinkle into the game that Ohio state, you know, maybe isn't as prepared for. There's plenty of stuff on tape because they've been playing JJ McCarthy all year, but you know, if Cade's not necessarily playing that well, okay, go to JJ McCarthy, or if all of a sudden they get down to the 18, bring JJ McCarthy in for a play. Cause you know, he can scramble a little better. I think those are like two things that are a little bit different for this game than we've seen under Harbaugh that, again is it going to matter is it going to mean Michigan wins I don't know but like I think those are some things that could help Michigan and the biggest thing to me is the defensive line for Michigan Hutchinson and Ojabo I think those two dudes are just studs they got to get hits on Stroud because against Michigan State Stroud was just back there like like Jared you know (laughs) with his big offensive line not even getting touched and he was just dropping dimes all over the place so they got to get some hits on him too.
2: Yeah, they do. We That's the thing, under Harbaugh, we've always had a good pass rush. You just hope that – but it seems like Ohio State always, always just takes it out of the game with their quick passing game. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, I mean, they were taking deep shots against Michigan State, I mean, where he was sitting in the pocket forever. We can't have that. And we got to be able to get pressure on this guy with four rushers. We can't be blitzing not with our secondary, not against their receivers. We need as many guys in coverage as as we can afford. So we just got to hope that we can get pressure with four guys and just mitigate the big plays. You know they're going to have a big touchdown at a crucial part of the game, and you just hope that our offense doesn't come out and go three and out. You know, Hopefully after that big play, after the Olave 70-yard touchdown, that Michigan comes out and answers uh, and puts together some sort of a drive to either flip field position or put some points right back on the board. Uh, that's going to be critical. It's going to be a big game of momentum. Uh, we have, and I think the first quarter is going to be critical. We can't fall behind. <laughs> Maybe the most we can fall behind all game is seven. If we ever drop behind by fourteen, you might as well You might as well start. You know, making your vacation purchase Ted, with that ticket you you bought. <laughs> so, um, so honestly, we got to keep it close. Maybe even jump out to an early lead. Uh, if we have any sort
3: of chance in this game. Well, first of all, I threw that out facetiously on the bet because I would never bet against the Wolverines. But hopefully they stay in it. And one aspect of their team that, you know, goes a little bit unnoticed or not talked about a lot, if the the Wolverines are in a close game against the Bucknuts, I mean, special teams. I mean, Jay Harbaugh has done a great job with them. And, I mean, their kicking game, the punting game, and, you know, the trick play on the the return last week, I I wasn't a big fan of it in that game. I would have liked to see them maybe save it for this game, but hey, maybe it puts a little bit of, uh, it'll hold Ohio State back just a little bit coming downfield. I don't know what your guys thought are are on that and special teams.
1: Yeah, putting that stuff on tape, you know, you always wonder, like, should you have saved it for Ohio State? But right, now they have to think, ooh, they've got this in their back pocket. Mm -hmm. They could go to it. And then your guy, Ted, Jake Moody, I mean, one of the better kickers in the country, probably maybe the best kicker in the Big Ten, um, you know, yeah, if it comes down to a close game, you know you can rely on even the punter. Brad Robbins is one of the best punters. So, yeah, I, I think, again, that's another side where I just – it's another little side that I feel like, you know, helps Michigan in these close games. The biggest thing that we all know, they can't shoot themselves in the foot. They can't turn the ball over. They can't have those penalties that, like, kill a drive or extend a drive for Ohio State. I mean, people hate to say it, like, play perfect. You almost have to play a perfect game against Ohio State to win. So, We'll see what happens. Yeah, you really do. Uh,
2: i got to get back to making the donuts, fellas, uh, but I'll get my official yep. prediction real quick before I let you guys go. Uh, man, I, Matt, you, you maybe swayed me a little bit, but uh, I hate to say <laughs> it. It'd be Debbie Downer. I'm not going to look an idiot for the 20th straight year. Ohio State, we play them top first half, but I think in the second half, their receivers are just going to be too much against our defense. I like our pass rush, but I just don't trust our secondary whatsoever. Uh, I think we show a lot of fight. I think we're all going to be happy with like the performance Michigan puts on the board. Lose end up losing by 14, but it, it's a one-score game up until maybe the last five minutes of the ball game, uh, and Michigan ends up losing, you know, 42 to 28. is, is my official prediction.
3: All right, go make that money, Matt. And I will continue talking a little bit. All right,
2: <laughs> we'll do fellas. See uh, gotta love it, man. What a great week! It's it's football season. It's it's in the air. You can smell it. High school, college. NFL is coming in the swing. You got to love it. Go blue. Go, go blue. blue. All right. Talk to you guys later. See you, Jared.
3: All right, Matt. We had to dump uh, Jared to go make that money, but uh, I, I'm not done talking about. I could talk for another hour and a half on this. To be honest with you, I'm just so excited. Let's get our predictions out of the way. I, I'll give you mine. I mean, yep. I, I, I said you know it was tempting to bet Ohio State, but I can't do it. I got to Desmond Howard it. I I see it, and I'm going to stick with my man Moody. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to the wire. I don't think it's going to be extremely high-scoring because I really do have a lot of respect for this defense. I think Hutchinson and the other guys, they're going to do their job. They're solid up front. They're solid at linebacker. The defensive backs have played well. So uh, I think it's going to be 30-27. Michigan wins it on a Moody field goal.
1: I love it. I love it. And, yeah, going back and forth because (laughs) where would you put your money? Kind of like what we were talking about. If I was a betting man, yeah probably the smart bet would be to put your money on ohio state it's kind of like at the beginning of the season you know your your smart bet would probably be put your money on alabama even if they're not going to win it like you know they've been winning it so much put money on alabama it's probably a smart bet
3: let's take the money off the table matt take the money off the table
1: all the writing is on the wall for michigan to pull pull an upset and is it going to happen? You know, who knows? Because like we said, they, they have basically have to play perfect. Yep. They have to catch a couple breaks. That's another thing in these games. You have to get lucky a couple times. It seems like a lot in a lot of these games, whether it's a spot by the officials, whether it's a, a fumble that happens to bounce one way or the other way, or a tip pass, you know, in this game you have to catch some of those breaks. And it seems like the last 20 years, basically, those breaks have gone against Michigan. And when Ohio State's as good as they are, I mean, you you can't, like, overcome that stuff multiple times in a game. So, like, to that point, I feel like this team's different. Yeah, people – I think people have started to turn the page on Kate McNamara. I think, you know, you can see that he can play. He doesn't turn the ball over very often. It doesn't mean that he will not. But, like, you know, he's smart with the ball. The offensive line is playing well. We know we trust Hassan Haskins to run the ball really well. I I just – I think everything is there, like I said earlier. I think everything is there for them to win. So, that's the long way of saying – I'm kind of with you. I'm going with, I I think it is going to be a little more high scoring, like a 36 to 33 win for Michigan. And it's going to be basically like the 2016 game, just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And hopefully, because this one's in Ann Arbor at the big house, that kind of helps Michigan and those fans kind of keep Michigan going. And what's crazy is Ryan Day has never lost a game against a Big Ten opponent. I know. He's been head coach at Ohio State. You got to lose at
3: some point, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to lose at some point and you got to lose to Michigan at some point. Is this the year I guess we'll find out. It's obviously Ohio State going in as a pretty good favorite, but doesn't mean that an upset can't happen. We've seen plenty of those in college football. I another factor, you know, we did talk about that Michigan has to play almost a perfect game. And and yeah, they got to operate on offense, defense, special teams, but like you said, they can't turn the ball over and they can't have silly penalties. If they can eliminate those, I think they'll be right in it. It should, be, it should be a fun one to watch for sure. And then the other thing is these Michigan fans that have tickets to the big house, if I see a whole bunch of scarlet and gray in that stadium, I will be so pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this has got to be a maze out. This has got to be a big house home field advantage because these people that are in it for the greed, and we know Ohio State fans will spend the money to come to this game, you know. Yep. Come on, Michigan fans. Let's let's be for the Wolverines. Let's not sell those tickets to Buckeyes no matter what they pay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, obviously it's, it's maybe I, I always see people say like when, because I, I 100% agree with you, but, you know, you always see people say that, why don't you buy the tickets? Why aren't you at the game? Yeah. Well, okay, you know, I, I guess I get that argument or whatever. But, like, if you like you're saying, if you have the tickets and you're selling to Ohio State people, that's just, like, adding to, like, the whole problem. Because the, the whole thing is to have home field advantage. And we know that we've seen the last few games at the big house when, you know, like the cameras show the wide view of the stadium. It's like, wait a minute. There's more red in there than, you know, blue or yellow, and so, yeah, you, you if you want to win these games at some point, you need some of that home field advantage, because, you know, at the Horseshoe, they always have home field advantage, so, yeah, hopefully people aren't doing that. I know it's probably tempting to make three times face value on your ticket, or, you know, whatever you could make, but...
3: Find a rich yeah, Michigan I, I, fan to sell them to, right?
1: Right, yeah, I mean, there's got to be plenty of other Michigan people out there that want to go. Heck, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying don't sell your ticket.
3: Just don't sell it to Ohio State people. 100%. 100%. Can you imagine the atmosphere down there? I mean, I've been to a Michigan-Ohio... Actually, I've been to probably three or four Michigan-Ohio State games. And the atmosphere down there on the golf course at Pioneer High School, the tailgating situation. You know, everybody knows college football ha- has great destinations for tailgates, but I think Ann Arbor ranks right up there towards the top. It's, there's nothing like it.
1: It has to be one of the best because of everything. Our- like all, the, like what you just said, the golf course right there and the high school, that whole area where you can just hang out and then you walk down State Street and there's all the, the college kids, all the college houses and, you know, all that kind of stuff, the band marches and plays. You know, the one thing that, especially, you know, down, down in the South working, you know, with SEC and ACC, people always talk about the weather and, you know, whatever. You yeah. Necessarily control that because, you know, sometimes in the South in October, November, it's still 60, 70 degrees, whereas you know who knows this game it might be 30 and it might be a little snowy. so that's always, that's one thing but you can't control that we're just talking about the whole like tailgate environment and i think it's one of the best and you got the the setting of the big house in the background and everything so yeah hopefully the fans show up because cause they, i think the team can feed off of that okay they can feed off the fans but i wanted to ask you before if we're sure. about to move on talk yeah. to the lions yeah. i don't i don't want to i don't want to send Bad vibes or whatever. I don't want to think about them losing. But let's just say, <laughs> if they lose, you know, so they're sitting at um, nine and two, and
3: no, ten and two.
1: It's ten, right? Yeah, yep, they, yeah, yep. They'd be at ten and two, and they get an invite to the Rose Bowl, and you know, maybe beat Oregon in the Rose Bowl, end up eleven and two with a Rose Bowl win. You being an old school guy, where you have to beat Ohio State, have to. There's, you're, you're Michigan, you have to. Is that an acceptable season or are you starting to be like, Man, I don't care if you won the Rose Bowl, you haven't you can't beat Ohio State?
3: Well, you know, that is a tough question because I I have been on the Wolverine bandwagon all season long. I mean, you know, it didn't take long for any of us to see that this is a different Wolverine team and we've talked about it before, you know you can't always blame things on the coaches. You know, we've heard this Harbaugh can't win the big games and blah, blah, blah. But we've also seen some of these Wolverines that it seems like they were playing the season just to better themselves for NFL draft status. And there have been some good players that have come through Michigan that have ended up being real solid NFL players and top draft choices. Can't fault them for that. But there is still a lot to be said about playing a team game as a team, having each other's back, I mean, it's corny. There's no doubt about it, but we all played sports, and there's there's something to that. There's something to the karma. There's something to the, the camaraderie. I'm getting a long way away from your question. I'll get to it. But, but the, you know, I, this team to me, I think right now they got to beat Ohio State, but if they don't, That's life. That's life. If they go to the Rose Bowl and take on an Oregon team and beat Oregon, you know, or make a good performance out there, I'd I'd say it's okay. I'd say it's a decent season, something to build on. You got some great young talent coming back next year. Harbaugh probably has the Boo Birds, the major ones, off his back. He can maybe stamp this program as his for another 10 years if he keeps it rolling, but. It's, it's real hard for me to say success without beating Ohio State, but I, I get your point, and it would still be a successful season, but it'd be an incredible season to get to that Big Ten championship game, win that game, and get to the national championship playoffs for the first time ever. That's the... That's the, that's the thing dangling in front of you. And, you, and there's no time like the present. Let's face it, Matt. We've seen these guys at the end of the year falter in the Ohio State game and then get blown out in a bowl game, and then what kind of taste does that give you heading into the next season, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, you're kind of teeing it up like it's, it's like that last monkey to get off his back. He's Harbaugh, for all the criticism, he's basically done everything else except beat Ohio State, which then usually gets you to the Big Ten title game. You beat Ohio State, you get to the Big Ten title game. Think about, like, he's still getting big recruiting classes and, like, a lot of good players in without even beating Ohio State or going to the Big Ten title game. So think about if they can do that and then, like you said, go to the college football playoff, that just, I mean, that might open up what we all kind of expected um, Harbaugh to do at Michigan. So, yeah, no better year than this year. I mean, I, I know people don't want to get their hopes up because we've just been let down so much. Yeah. Um, You know, Ohio State, obviously, is just a juggernaut right now, so it's hard to expect a Michigan win, but a good thing, like, the fans aren't the ones in the locker room, because hopefully everyone in that locker room is looking at each other and saying basically everything you just said. We're here for each other. Get rid of all that outside noise about how great Ohio State is and everything. We can go out there and win this game, go to Indy, win a Big Ten title, so... Hopefully, they hopefully they take it on because man, it would just be incredible to see.
3: Oh, it's going to be a great Saturday. You know, hopefully Michigan can pull out the win. That's at noon. Michigan State, Penn State at three thirty. Rivals, Shy Town there on Saturday night. It's going to be a good day, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But I'm I'm excited. And my last breakdown there, I can't believe that's about the longest i broke anything down. Thank goodness Jared wasn't on the line. Give give me a little more time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> the passion
1: was coming out there. The, the bow and woody was coming out
3: there. Amen, amen. Well, we could, like I said, we could talk a lot more about it, but we uh, we need to move on, talk a little Lions, and, uh, and wrap this thing up. But uh, we'll be right back, and uh, we'll talk Lions and maybe some other things. The Pistons had a big uh, to-do last night as well. Might just get into that right after
2: this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and, might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce.
0: Kendall Drugs and Corona are there for you. They take special care of all patients because they could be your mother, father, sibling, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew standing at the counter. Centrally located in the heart of Shiawassee County, right across from the courthouse. No insurance? No problem. Come on in and talk with Patrick Kendall, and he'll be happy to work with you and is very competitive on prices with no gouging. Now taking new patients and prescription transfers. Stop in Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5.00 p.m. at Kendall Drugs in Corona or give them a call at 989-720-4295.
3: All right, Matt. Uh, I mean, you know, you know how passionate we are for the Wolverines. I mean, I've lost my passion for the Lions. I mean, I still, I'm still a fan, but when they lose, do, do I do I really give a damn? No, because you gotta you gotta get that draft status, man. You gotta keep going forward. I mean, I mean, I, I set it up in the open. I mean, you got Tim Boyle. Nothing against the guy, but. Seventy-seven yards passing. That's coming after Jared Goff lit it up for 114 yards against the Steelers. I mean, these are NFL quarterbacks. I mean, that's just a starting point, you know. And I'm starting to come along to Jared's line. You know, maybe from now on, they just got to draft a quarterback number one until they get the right one. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, at some point, I mean, (laughs) we had one for a while in Stafford. True. Obviously, we we don't need to get in all that like. They, you know, building a team around him. like, But at some point, kind of like the Browns, what they did, you just draft a quarterback. If it doesn't work for a year or two, draft another one, keep drafting them. But the thing about that is it, it doesn't seem like there's very many good quarterbacks coming out of college this year. Right. So it's kind of like who you're going to draft. But the big thing, too, with the Lions is they are so far away from being, like, legitimately competitive. We're not saying, like, next year all of a sudden they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. I just mean even winning five or six games. It just seems like they've had a lot of injuries this year. So sometimes people forget that there have been some injuries to some key players, but still this team is so far away from even being like a five or seven win team. If you draft, take a chance on a quarterback, like is that going to be the one that like changes things? You know, who knows? Even if you draft like a defensive end with that first pick, is that going to be what takes you over the top? No, you have to start somewhere, obviously, but like, It just seems like this team is so far away, it's not just one piece or two piece, that it's going to be two, three, maybe four years before we see legitimate contenders unless, kind of what you're saying, unless they draft a quarterback, take a chance on a guy, and it ends up being, you know, the next Josh Allen in Buffalo or something like that. Like, you have to to almost hope to get lucky in the draft.
3: Yeah, and the one thing is they do have, what, I think three first-round draft choices, don't they? So they don't have to necessarily burn their very first pick on a quarterback, but they ought to probably be able to get one of the top quarterbacks in this draft if they want to in the first round.
1: Yeah, and we've been talking about it basically this whole season. It's very – well – maybe not the first couple weeks because we were still a little optimistic for Jared Goff, <laughs> but it's clear that Jared Goff isn't, like, the long-term answer. No. I mean, it, it's nothing against the guy. He's obviously had a little bit of success in the NFL, but, like, he, he doesn't appear to be, like, a long-term, you can build your team around this guy. That's why Sean McVay was so quick to trade him to the Lions. So, yes, at some point you just need to draft a guy because it's not going to be Boyle or blow either. No. So, you know, you got to take a chance on someone – and, you know, it's so hard because, it, like we said, you, we are still big fans. And honestly, like, when, when I watch that game, they have they, – like, sometimes when I think about this, I'm like, man, am I, like, putting my lion blinders on? But, like, I feel like they have something to build around on offense because while I still, like, am critical of how high they drafted T.J. Hawkinson, he's clearly one of the better tight ends in the league. DeAndre Swift actually looks pretty good. If he can stay healthy, he might be a, a good running back to, you know, kind of like lock up that running back position. They clearly have something to build around on the offensive line. You know, people forget Frank Ragnall is hurt. He's one of the best centers in the league. He's hurt, so he hopefully will be back and be healthy. You know, Sewell, who they just drafted, is only going to get better at tackle. Taylor Decker is a solid tackle. So, like, on offense, and I actually think St. Brown, you know, that the, the receiver – he could be a pretty good, like, number two or number three slot receiver. Yeah, number three. super fast. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I that's what I mean. I, I'm trying not to, like, be, like, a, a slappy fan or something. I feel like on offense they do have a little bit that they could build around. They just, man, they need a quarterback, though, because, like you said, like, watching that game, it's like, I, I get Boyle isn't Pat, Patrick Mahomes, but, dude, these are NFL quarterbacks. Like, open it up, Campbell. You're calling the plays. Let him throw
3: the ball. Oh, I agree with you. And, you know, you're not being a slappy. I mean, you broke it down exactly how I see it. The offensive line, solid. They're, they're going to get better. I mean, Swift looks like a, a real good NFL running back. I mean, you put up 136 yards, that means he's good, and that means the line's doing the job. And I've watched some of their blocking they showed on replays. They were, they were doing a nice job. Uh, they got to get rid of stupid stuff like that Jonah Jackson penalty that just totally killed their chances against the Browns. Uh, You know, talking about some dude's mother, you know, and all of a sudden they're looking, they have a drive going, potential winner, and all of a sudden they're looking at first and 25, you know, it it was just a stupid penalty, but yeah, they got to get a quarterback, I mean, look at the Browns, for example, that Baker Mayfield, yeah, he's had his ups and downs this season, but that dude is tough. And he is definitely the leader of that team. You know, and there's there's a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL that have that kind of talent and that kind of leadership. And Lions, unfortunately, don't have that. They did have it with Stafford, but they had so many other other holes, especially the defense. And I'm still really concerned about the defense. Even though they held the Browns to 13, there's still a lot of weaknesses there that they definitely have to shore up. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, 100%. They it seems like they haven't had, like, a big time playmaking linebacker in a while, you know, just a dude that you can count on. He's gonna get fifteen to seventeen tackles a game. You know, they haven't had like a super great uh, pass rusher in a little while. You know, we've had a couple guys here and there who show little flashes, but um, you know, and whether they're gonna draft someone, you know, there's that defensive end on Oregon or even people have talked about Aiden Hutchinson, if he's gonna be a pick up there at some point. Um, you know, or even Ojabo. Ojabo has played himself into a first-round draft pick. I think so. so. You know, there's definitely going to be options out there for for them to pick, especially like you said, they have, you know, a few first-round draft picks, so they can make some moves, and it's it's going to come down to, too, I know you're starting to waver a little bit, too, not necessarily off uh, the the Dan Campbell, you know, gravy trainer, whatever you want to say, but it's going to come down to, can he actually coach? because. Holmes, you know the new GM. He's going to give him a couple of years. They're not firing him after this year. A lot of fans are starting to say you got to fire Campbell, move on. I mean, maybe that happens. I really doubt that they fire him after this year. So it's going to come down to Campbell. Can you coach? Because you're going to get an off season. You're going to get a bunch of draft picks. They're going to sign some players because they have money to spend. Who they signed, you know, who knows. But they're going to sign some players. So then it's going to come down to, hey, Dan Campbell, can you coach this team? Because Scott yeah, and. You know, if you, if you can't scheme, if you can't, like, motivate these guys, if you can't develop some of this talent, then you're going to be right back where we were, you know, the last couple of years trying to rebuild.
3: Well, yeah, and what are they now? Like, are they nine games in, ten games in? Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't lost them yet, you know, and they're still struggling. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's lost them, does it?
1: I don't think so. I mean, it's probably kind of hard when <laughs> you're just losing all the time. Right, but it is, we say it every week. They seem to play hard, and they battle till the end. So,
3: Yeah. Well, we'll see what they can do on Thanksgiving against the Bears. I know uh, one of our sponsors, Success Group Mortgage, give them a free plug there. I think uh, the owner of their company has uh, mortgaged his company on the Lions winning that game. Didn't he say that?
1: <laughs> That's what he said. I mean, it's kind of funny
3: because
1: I saw a stat today that the Bears have the longest losing streak in the NFL. And it's funny because... The Lions haven't won a game, but they have that tie. So yeah. that ended their losing streak. The Bears are, they've lost five straight. Obviously, the Lions <laughs> are winless. Um, but, like, it, I don't know. For all the people that sit here and say, and I know, I, I definitely feel like I know where you stand on this. People say, like, the Lions need to be off that Thanksgiving game. Why do the Lions still have oh. the Thanksgiving game? I understand the criticism because I, we, we know more than anyone how bad the Lions franchise is. But, there is something to watching the Bears and the Lions play on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, I don't care how bad the teams are, and you know, I don't care if people aren't interested or whatever. Seeing the Lions and Bears play on Thanksgiving Day—that's just something cool. If it's a traditional thing, but it's cool to
3: see. Absolutely, Lions, Bears, uh, Packers, and Lions. I mean, you, those are those are must-see even if the teams are crap, like the Lions are pretty much every year. And and one thing. At least the NFL puts them the very first game, right? People are getting their Thanksgiving dinners ready. You're kind of maybe paying attention a little bit while you're visiting with your family. It it's not like you have to be locked into it. And you know, if they ever get a primetime game on Thanksgiving, now we're talking, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I'd
1: be shocked if that ever happens, but yep. the thing is, the Lions usually, I mean maybe not all the time, they usually play pretty decent on Thanksgiving. So Hopefully hopefully they give us a little bit of something to cheer about, but we'll we'll
3: see. Hopefully. Well, before we wrap up the program, let's just go a little potpourri in sports. You know, it's also college basketball season, both Michigan and Michigan State underway. Uh, Michigan right now, you know, they're struggling a little bit. They're struggling to find themselves. I mean, I, I look like you had a little Twitter back and forth with Aunt Wright, and I have to agree that, you know, this team is missing missing some talent that you know, they gotta to learn to gel as a young team right now, but they're struggling a little bit and boy, Arizona looked good last night, didn't they? Yeah,
1: I mean I think that the broadcast is talking about it too. Arizona's probably gonna be ranked now. Oh, Actually for sure. the rankings are out, so I'm not sure they probably are ranked. But at the time when Michigan played them, they were unranked, and they were saying this is the best unranked team in the country because Arizona looks good. And and yeah, Michigan, like I was, like you said, I was going back and forth with Ant Wright. I didn't necessarily disagree with him. He was saying that this team is basically brand new with all these freshmen Mm -hmm. and Jones, the transfer point guard coming in. So Juwan and the coaching staff, it's basically a brand new team, you know, having to learn rotations, you know, who to play when and who to play with who and all that kind of stuff. I don't disagree with that, but the team did bring back, you know, Hunter Dickinson, Brandon Johns, Eli Brooks came back. So it's not like it's a completely new roster of players, but yes, I mean, I think people were super excited about the guys coming back about the freshmen coming in because the the talent for the freshmen is, you know, it's there, but, I mean, I think we're finding out that it's not as easy just to, like, let guys like Franz Wagner, Isaiah Livers, uh, Shondy Brown go to the NBA. Yeah. You can't just plug guys in and it's just going to keep going the way it was.
3: Well, not only and, that, I mean, Mike Smith and Austin Davis were huge com- com- contributors last year as well. So, yeah, it's a good. young team. We'll see what uh, – what the main man there can do coaching them, you know, Juwan. And, you know, I think they're going to get much better as the season goes on, but they're off to a little bit of a slow start. And last night, frankly, I was impressed with Arizona, but I also thought Michigan was totally out hustled. You know, uh, how many charging fouls did they get called for? You know, a little out of control stuff. They got to go back to – what really made them successful last year and ultimate team ball I mean passed the ball tremendously a year ago and played great team defense and that's lacking right now
1: yep yeah 100 and maybe that's part of you know the new players you got some true freshmen coming in and figuring out how to play big-time college basketball um, but the one big thing and and I, I'd be curious if you agree it Seems like you got a guy like Hunter Dickinson who's gonna be going to the NBA next year, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be an all American and there's times that it's they, they like go four, five, six possessions and he almost doesn't even touch the ball. To me, I mean I know it's not as easy as just saying like get him the ball, get him the ball. It's not as easy as doing that, but I would almost make a point, be like, he needs to touch the ball every possession. Even if all you do is pass it down to him and he kicks it right back out, like you need to get this dude the ball. I mean, he's a mismatch. And it just seems like sometimes, you know, they pass the ball around, they're trying to figure it out. So it's early, you know. We know how these college basketball seasons go. You lose a couple games early in the season. By the end of the year, you almost forget about it. So hopefully that's what
3: happens. Yeah, and I do I agree with you. Whenever they come down, it's not a fast break and it's a set offense i say get his hands on the ball every single time if you can. You know, you got to at least set up to try and get his hands on the ball because he either can do some damage down by the basket, but he's also an excellent passer. And he's not that bad a shooter from outside either. Right. I thought he passed up a couple, two or three shots last night wide open. They just let him sit out there at 18, 19 foot, and he can drain those. Well, anyway, Wolverines have uh, – Powerful Tarleton State coming up on uh, Wednesday night, <laughs> and then uh, they go on the road to North Carolina on uh, on December first. Any any ideas on going to that game?
1: Actually, I we we have tickets, so there you go. Um, we're playing. We're we're in the midst of trying to find a babysitter, but um, yeah, we're we're planning on going. So yeah, hopefully we're able to figure that out.
3: Good deal. Get get Grandma and Grandpa back down there.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, hey, you guys want to
3: fly down for the night? <laughs> uh, quickly on Michigan State, too. They're off to a 3-1 and one start. Uh, you know, they lost that opener, but they're playing pretty decent. I mean, they got a decent big man. Bingham looks like he's pretty decent. Malik Hall back, had 15 last night against EMU. Uh, you know, they, they had the chance to play Butler down there at Hinkle. That had to be an awesome experience. First time ever they played there, and I know Coach Izzo, he was pretty excited about it. That's a classic venue.
1: Yeah, I, I think we've talked about it before. But that, that's like a if – you, if you're a big-time college basketball fan, it's almost like a bucket list type thing. I mean, it, that would be so cool, especially to see Michigan State versus Butler, you know, a matchup like that at that field house. That'd be really cool. But, I mean, we've, we've said it before, you know, before the season and last year and other things. Even if, like, Michigan State was unranked coming into the season, you, you know that they have the talent and Izzo obviously has – you know the resume to back it up. They're they're going to be fine. Are they going to make a run to the Final Four? You know who knows. But he's going to have them playing well. He same thing with Juan. He you know he's got to figure out his rotations and all that kind of stuff. But you know Michigan State, they'll they'll be there. They'll come Big Ten play. They'll be playing well.
3: Absolutely. And in fact, they got uh, they're down in uh, the Bahamas. They have a Battle for Atlantis game coming up noon on ESPN. Taking on Loyola Chicago, that should be a fun game to watch. You know, Wednesday uh, at high noon.
1: Yeah, Loyola. I mean, they've been making a run in the tournament the last few years, so yeah, that's going to be a good test for MSU.
3: Yeah, and back to the bucket list thing at Hinkle. I don't. I think I might have told you this before on the podcast. I went down there. My daughter lived in Indianapolis for a couple of years, and we actually went to Hinkle. It's open to the public. You can go there during the day. You can take your basketball with you. They they have the hoops set up right. You can go right on the court and shoot some hoops. What a great thing so, that is. Yeah, so
1: awesome. If, no, I would I maybe I forget if you brought that up, but no, that'd be cool. It just go shoot around in there?
3: Heck yeah. Yeah, take your basketball and just go fire up a few. All right, before we wrap up the podcast, um Big story last night in uh, Little Caesars Arena. The Lakers were in town, taking on the Pistons, the young Pistons who are still struggling. I think they made the right move on their number one draft choice. But the big story last night was Isaiah Stewart went little bad boys on the Lakers and went after LeBron. Uh, big story, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean he went absolutely berserk, especially because LeBron was involved. So, right. You know, we we know how um how much you know people are one way or the other it doesn't seem like anyone's really down the middle on LeBron no it's either like one way like you're a big fan like Jared or you're, you're the other way but as, as I say that that's that's not true because I'm actually more down the middle I'm not as big a fan as Jared but I don't man some people I don't like hate him some people for whatever reason I don't know what it is but some people just cannot stand LeBron but yeah so last night I mean he you know he on a foul shot he was being boxed out by Stewart And Stewart was, you know, just playing tough. He was boxing him out. But LeBron definitely swung his hand, swung his elbow, swung his his hand, and caught Stewart in the face. I mean, when you watch it frame by frame, the super slow-mo, it does look like he swung and, like, punched him. I don't, like, you know, so people are going back and forth. Like, was it intentional? Was it dirty? You know, what do you kind of say? I think 100% it was dirty. You know, like, you shouldn't be swinging your elbow or your arm like that. I don't think he meant to punch Stewart in the face I mean LeBron doesn't have a track record of being a dirty player you know yeah people may say he flops and some other stuff but he doesn't like play dirty like that so I don't think he meant to hit Stewart in the face like that yeah he swung his arm and because right after he hit him he immediately went up to Stewart and players were saying like he was saying you know like my bad I didn't mean to hit you you know whatever and things didn't escalate until you know Stewart's face started gushing blood and that's like kind of when he snapped and you know, I don't know what really happened. You know, if stuff was being fed or whatever, but man, he went berserk and almost looked like like a maniac almost. But yeah, it was a crazy
3: scene for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, when it first started happening. You know, I thought, oh my goodness, here we go, malice at the palace all over again. But it really was condensed just to Stewart going absolutely crazy. <laughs> and you know, LeBron never once once Stewart went wild, LeBron stayed. Way away from all the action, his teammates helped keep it that way, but he didn't want any part of it. He, there was no reason to, and I, I tend to agree with you. I I didn't think LeBron really aggressively meant to do that. It was the, they were getting physical on the box out, and it's just the way that his arm came up. He got him mostly with his backhand, didn't he? It wasn't as much the elbow, but whatever whatever hit Stewart. Man, it, it made a gusher, and that made a, a classic picture of the blood just gushing out, like you said. It was crazy.
1: I heard uh, the the PA announcer was like saying, wow, while things were kind of unfolding, mm-hmm. he was announcing to the fans, like, stay in your seat. Please stay in your seat. Oh, yeah. I think everyone was thinking what you were thinking, Malice
3: at the Palace. Yeah, absolutely. But they did a good job getting it back under control, and then... Damn it, your Lakers came back. They were twelve down when LeBron got booted and uh came back and won the game. What what do you think about the Lakers this season? You think it's a potential championship team?
1: I mean, you know, obviously potential, sure, because you got LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis. So if they can big three kind of figure it out, I I think it's I don't know, like those those are guys three guys that really need the ball all the time. So I don't I I don't think it's all gonna come together. They'll make the playoffs, I feel like, and probably lose in the first or second round but who knows maybe they all like really figure out how to play with each other and you know it's a lot of talent but i I, you know mentioning the pistons i think they're building something like you said Cade cunningham he's a good player they've got some other good players i mean stewart's a good player um you know hopefully they can add a a veteran or two another good draft pick and I think the Pistons have something
3: going. I agree with you, and I I think Stewart, you know, he's kind of now kind of sent a message. He's gonna be he's gonna be the guy that's gonna give them some physical toughness, you know, uh, down low, and uh, they definitely can can start, uh, you know, moving their way up the ladder, so to speak. They probably will end up with another decent draft choice, so maybe a year away for the Pistons to really make some noise in the league. But uh, I kind of like what I see is going on down there. Well, I think we made it through. Uh, you know, Matt, you and I carried the load uh, like we normally do <laughs> with Jared dump, dumping off. But uh, it's going to be a fun weekend, brother. I can't wait. One,
1: one, and I know uh, you, you mentioned it earlier. Our one of our our favorite partners, Rivals Tap House and Grill, there in Corona. I know they they've got a. I mean, Thanksgiving Eve party. I know they're advertising. You know, Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday night, they've got a big party going on. But Saturday, you know, obviously the Michigan Ohio State game. But our friends chi Town playing at Rivals, I
3: know you're going to be there, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, it sets up perfectly. I, I probably won't be there for the Ohio State-Michigan game just because I can't take 12 hours at a bar. <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> I'd love to. Back in my young days, I could. But, I, but you know, come on out to Rivals Taphouse and Grill, our great friends in Corona, right at the corner of State Road and 21. I mean, the games at noon, Michigan State, Penn State at 3.30, and then Chi-Town Saturday night. Uh, and we're going to have Rivals and Three Point Podcast giveaways all day long. So that's that's reason enough to go on out. Enjoy their great food, great beverages, everything else they got going on at Rivals Tap House and Grill.
1: Heck yeah, go there for you know catch all the you know all the action going on, but have a chance to win some gift cards from Three Point Podcast and Rivals. Yeah, you might have your your food and drinks paid for. And I didn't think about that. Yeah, because the Michigan State game being at three thirty, I wonder if some people are going to do that. Why not? It's Eleven at 11:30 a.m. and don't leave until 11:30 p.m.
3: <laughs> yep, call a, an Uber or get your designated driver, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Alright, uh, don't forget, follow us at 3 Point Pod. Make sure you let our partners know you listen in and enjoy the show. They include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, Kendall Drugs and Corona, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sharon and Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Catch Jared's production of the high school football games. Four games on Friday, four games on Saturday. That's on Valley Sports Detroit and also on uh, Z the castle our basketball opener December 10th it'll be the Vikings going to St. John's to take on the Red Wings check out the Z 92.5 website for our entire regular season schedule that'll do it until next time for Jared Fattel and Matt Burns I'm Ted Fattel saying so long everyone